Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. We are past the Thanksgiving holiday, which means football, fall sports are in the rearview mirror, and it is full bore, full throttle into the winter sports season and especially the basketball season. And joining us to talk basketball and hoops this week on the WSN podcast is our boys basketball writer and editor, Mark Miller. Mark, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you. I uh, saw that you got a chance to get out and, and get to some games in the last uh, week and a half or or two since the, the boys teams and, and games have started. Uh, it's got to feel good to get out and actually see some basketball action for the first time in a couple months. Absolutely. Yes, I've been able to get to uh, five games thus far and going to go to another one tonight. So excited for the season and uh, teams are rounding into shape and excited to see guys uh, perform, you know, on, uh, on the high school level. One of the uh, the things that was kind of a storyline last year, maybe a, a hidden storyline, if you will, but is uh, uh, continued this year is the the high scoring ability of Quan Jackson from Milwaukee Lifelong Learning. Um, he averaged 42 points a game last year, which is one of the highest single season scoring averages that we have seen through three games this year. He's averaging over 50 points a game. Uh, he's had 58, 54, and 40 so far this season. How much of that is a, a factor of how they play and, and maybe as much who they play in this early going? Um, in, in what, what does that mean? What does 50 points a game from Quan Jackson at Milwaukee Lifelong Learning mean compared to other guys, other teams, other players around the state? Well, that's a tough question. Um, I think what you said uh, initially in terms of the style that they play and also the teams that they have played thus far have contributed greatly to the, to his, uh, you know, 50 point per game. They beat Milwaukee early view to start the season uh, by 41 then they, they really took it to Kenosha Ruther, beating them 129 to 41. And then the last game uh, was against Washington County Homeschool, and they won that 102 to 66. Now, when they get in their conference play, uh, I'm, I'm sure that those scores will come down. They're in the blue division of the, of the city conference. Um, so there's some decent teams in that league. Uh, Gold of my year in particular, I think Milwaukee School of Language is, is pretty good. Milwaukee Reagan is, is definitely improved. So, um, you know, I had a chance to watch Quan play last year in the sec- in the uh, regional, I should say, at Palmyra Eagle, and they lost the game, and, and he, I think he had 30-something. Um, struggled a little bit in that game, took a lot of shots, as you would imagine. Uh, they do a lot of pressing, um, you know, which leads to the high scores. They, they take quick shots, so, you know, they're not working the ball to, to, you know, whittle down the clock or anything like that. Um, he's got deep shooting range, and he's very quick off the dribble. He's a, when I saw him last year, he was about five ten. Um, I'm guessing he's probably around the same. Uh, kind of, he's got he's got the ability to get to the foul line, um, make deep shots, and score off the dribble. Um, and he's got the green light, you know, which is uh, you know not all coaches uh, want to play that way. So uh, it's always interesting to see how many points he scores and to see the opponent uh, early in the year because they they like you mentioned they they play kind of a, a weaker schedule. Um, they they have early view again on Friday. And then they play Milwaukee Academy of Science on, on Friday, December 7th. Um, and, of course, MAS has got a very good team. So uh, I, I think that will be a pretty good test in terms of where he's at. So usually when I look at his stats, I, I try to look at, you know, the, the opponent. Um, 
you know, and later in the year, they also play Destiny and Lake Country Lutheran. Uh, they do play Palmyra Eagle again, which is interesting because they had played them, of course, during the playoffs last year. Um, so, you know, if he, he does put up really good numbers um, regardless of the opposition. But usually when he gets crazy numbers like he's had so far this year, it's in games that are blowouts and that they're winning by, by large margins. Kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum, uh, when you talk about scoring and uh, in being prolific scoring the basketball is kind of curiously – Noble Days from Racine Park, who uh, you have rated as the top uh, senior in the state of Wisconsin in the 2019 class, uh, who has uh, committed to Tulane, had an offer from Wisconsin at one point, um, in, in certainly interest in, in offers from a number of other Division One schools. He had four points in their first game this year, a loss to Milwaukee, Washington. He hasn't averaged 10 points a game yet during his, uh, his career. Does a lot of really thing, uh, other things really well. Defense, rebounding, blocking shots, passing, etc. But it's kind of been interesting to see his develop and uh, development the last couple of years. Obviously, a highly rated kid and a kid that came in with a lot of expectations. But what have you seen from his development, and, and what has kind of held him back from developing into a uh, an even average score, maybe getting into that double digit figures? You know, that's a great question, and I think a lot of people have asked that over the last couple of years, including Noble himself. Um, you know, when I interviewed him after he committed to Tulane, he, he admitted that, uh, you know, his biggest area of improvement uh, would be in scoring. In scoring. Uh, you know, he rebounds well. I think he averaged 12 rebounds a game last year, um, and yet he just hasn't been able to, to reach double figures on a consistent basis. Um so he's working on some go-to moves, not only in the post, but also from mid-range. Um, Park has used him a, a lot as a um, high post passer in their offense, and, and he, he really is an excellent passer. And then um, after, after the pass, crash the boards for offensive rebounds. Um, however, I think that they will try to use him a little bit more this year in terms of just pure scoring, you know, getting him the ball. Uh, in a scoring opportunity in that game against Washington, he got in foul trouble and fouled out rather early in the game, which is unfortunate because he didn't get a lot of uh, minutes in that contest. But, um, you know, he, 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 uh, he, he um, fully knows that the thing that has held him back in terms of his development has been his ability to, to score, whether it's shooting from mid range, whether it's scoring in the post, whether it's grabbing an offensive board and putting it back. Those are all areas that he has to get better at. And part of that is strength. You know, he needs to get stronger and a, a little tougher. Um, but we are talking about a, a very uh, skilled player in the sense of, of passing um, and ball handling. He's a good ball handler, too. The, the one area that he's missing is shooting. And, of course, that's a huge one. Um, and he's working on that. Um, you know, he's a, he's a great kid, a really good student, um, a kid that loves the game and that will work at it. Um, but it's been it's been tough. I think, uh, you know, it, having critics out there when you're a high school kid is, is something relatively new in our society. And, and Noble has certainly had his fair share uh, of that, um, which makes it even harder, you know, to deal with that as a, as a 17 or uh, 16, 17, 18 year old kid. But I, I think you'll see him averaging double figures this year, Travis. And uh, I think he'll be trending in the right direction. He'll probably need a year or two to to really get his feet under him uh, at Tulane in terms of his overall body development, in terms of adding weight and strength and getting that offense up to where it needs to be. Um, but I think, uh, you know, long-term, uh, he's going to be a really good player for Tulane. Is it safe to say that 
the the lack of development on the offensive uh, end and in scoring specifically was kind of the reason that Wisconsin uh, cooled off on him and, and that he didn't receive more of those Big Ten, Power Five type offers? Well, you know, initially, uh, you mentioned earlier, initially he had interest from a lot of those, uh, you know, power programs, um, and I- including Marquette in Wisconsin, who had offered him early. Um, now, Marquette kind of backed off uh, right away. They they had filled, uh, they got some transfers. You know, the roster makeup, uh, when you get an offer, uh, is, is can change drastically, um, you know, within a, 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 you know, half a year or even a year. So, you know, sometimes I think kids wait too long. Um, you know, an offer today doesn't necessarily mean that it's an offer, you know, six months from now, um, you know, unless you're a top 50, top 100 kind of kid. Um, and in Noble's case, you know, uh, Wisconsin and Marquette, you know, had gotten some guys um, in their program uh, since their initial offers that that could play, you know, the four and five positions. So, um I think it's safe to say that, uh, you know, I, I know Wisconsin watched him real closely this, this summer. Um, and, you know, was hoping to see that spark on offense. He played, uh, he played on a good travel program, uh, Howard Pulley out of uh, the twin cities. So, you know, he was on the Nike circuit and got, got an opportunity to play against really good competition. And, um, he had some moments there where he played really well and, and other moments where, you know, he just didn't, wasn't able to score a whole lot. So, um, uh, I think I think that's probably a safe bet to say, um, and yet you know uh, if either program had the opportunity to to take a guy and redshirt him and, and uh, you know add to us, he's 205 pounds right now. He probably needs to be around to 225, 230 to really be a factor, um, you know, at, at, that, at that at that level. So um, that and that takes time to add that weight because you want to add good weight um, and you want to develop his skills. So. Um, but I think that's a safe uh, safe bet that uh, that they backed off because of lack of production and because their roster makeup had changed, you know, from their initial offer a couple of years back. And staying with the the recruitment uh, theme, basketball signing day, national signing day was just a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't believe we had talked after uh, after that signing day period. Um, any any news of of note uh, during that week or or anything that stood out? Uh, from the 2019 class and that early signing day. Well, you know, it's 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 not a class that will go down in history as one of our best um, in terms of producing Division One talent. Right now, we have two players who have who have signed with Division One schools: Noble Days and, and Marcus Domask of Wapan, who's who's going to Northern Kentucky. We have a a good handful of guys that have committed uh, and signed with Division Two programs, which is becoming more and more common in Wisconsin. Um, and you know we will have uh, a couple more Division One players uh, next spring, um, and you know some of these seniors are using the senior year to kind of showcase what they can do uh, in terms of helping a collegiate program. I think David Scottman, for sure, of Waukesha West will end up at a Division One school. Um, I you know Deontay Long, I think, has got a really good chance, uh, depending on his on his situation off off the court and how that develops. And then I think uh, Larry Kennedy at Racine Park, Noble's teammate, and, and Xavier Jones at Martin Luther, they have a shot. Uh, maybe Luke Hazel at Oshkosh West. He's a 6'10 kid that uh, uh, has not started out the season. He's got a little knee injury, but uh, he's expected to be back pretty soon. Um, all those guys, and, and, you know, have a chance. Uh, will they all go D1? Probably not, but, you know, a, a couple of them for sure will. Um, 
but it's 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 looming as a uh, a down year, so to speak, for the Wisconsins and Marquettes of the world. There just aren't guys in this class that that they're going to recruit. Um, uh, now that changes, of course, as we go into the junior and sophomore class, but uh, certainly in 2019. Um, we're light on Division One players. There's no other way to put it. I'm Travis Wilson. He's Mark Miller. We're talking boys hoops in the state of Wisconsin on our WSN podcast. And, Mark, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some teams that you might categorize as bounce-back teams, either that, that struggled last year or maybe have struggled the last few years but are traditionally uh, you know, powerhouse or, or stronger teams who can we watch for that, that might be in line for a bounce-back type season from a team perspective? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, most of the powerhouse teams uh, of the past re- remain strong. Um, there are a couple, though, that come to mind immediately. I, I think Oshkosh West of the Fox Valley Association has a chance to to make some noise this year. Of course, they've been down for a few years now, um, you know, off their state tournament championship teams uh, of several years ago. Um, they're off to a 2-0 start right now. Um, they did go on the road and win at Nina in a very close game on Tuesday, and, and they play at Fond du Lac tomorrow. Um, I, I like their personnel. Uh, they have experience. They have a big guy, like we mentioned, in Luke Hosel. And they have a big scorer in, in Carter Thomas, who's put up huge numbers early in the season. He's a six-foot junior, uh, very powerfully built kid who who can shoot and uh, uses physical strength to get to the body or to get to the basket. Excuse me. He's a he's a three-year varsity kid, and he went for 37 in their win over Madison West, and then he had 38 in, in the win over Nina. So he's averaging 37 and a half points per game after two games. Uh, against you know Division One competition, so <laughs> that's pretty darn impressive. Uh, in addition to those two guys, they have a couple other players who have been with Coach Mike Johnson here for a few years now on the varsity level. Uh, their point guard AJ Ambroso, uh, a six foot senior, has played varsity basketball for a few years, and so has Tony Lancast. He's a six foot three senior. Uh, they picked up a transfer uh, over the summer from Appleton North, Jacquees Overstreet. Um, his father, Jerry, had coached at Appleton North last year, and now he's coaching at Green Bay West. And, uh, and Jerry's a, a, a nice addition to their team. So I look for Oshkosh West and the FBA. I, I think another team uh, is Waukesha West. Um, and, of course, we have their morning preseason number one in the basketball yearbook uh, in Division One. Um, and I, I think that's another program that has had a storied past but has struggled a little bit you know, of, of late, although they did uh, have a decent team last year. Uh, much, much is expected of them this year. Obviously, with six foot ten David Scogman, um, you know, leading the way. He's he's got uh, lots of D one offers and interest. And in, uh, you know, he's a guy that can play inside and outside. Uh, at six ten, he can shoot the three, and he can also post up with his back to the basket and score. Um, and they got a couple other seniors that have been with them. And Chris Brady, he's a six four wing, a, a real solid player, and. Um, the other player that's been up with them for, for a couple of years now is Rocky Martinez. He's also a six foot four senior. And both those guys can play multiple positions and do a lot of different things in terms of scoring, rebounding, defending. And then they have one of the state's best sophomores in Cam Polisi. And he's another six four kid. So you're talking about three six four kids to go with a six ten kid. Um, that's pretty good size. Um, and and uh, I look for them to, to, to have a real strong season this year in the classic eight. And, you know, that's, 
like Oshkosh West, they're going to get challenged and they're going to get they're going to get bumped off a few times. It's uh, how they react to to some adversity. Are they going to be able to bounce back and 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 really have a, a, a good season, or you know, is it going to is it going to kind of go to the here we go again type of mentality where they they fall back a little bit? So kind of go down the limb a little bit with putting Waukesha West number one in D one. Um, and, and picking Oshkosh West is one of those big bounce back teams because they play in such great leagues. But I, I think both have the potential to to really make some noise this year. Let me throw a, another one out at you and, and get your thoughts. Randolph, sure. The, the Rockets, uh, obviously one of the best programs for a couple decades under Bob Hefley, and when yeah. he left, they kind of took a step back. But a couple nice wins early in the season. They beat Portage, uh, a much bigger team. And then a nice win over Dodgeland. Uh, Tyler Fisher, uh, the head coach there now, he was part of the, a few of the championship teams under uh, Bob Hefley. Is that a program that can get back to not just being you know an above 500 team, but being a conference title and a deep playoff contender? Uh, yeah, I had a chance to watch the game against Portage, and uh, they got off to a huge lead in that game and, and uh, held Portage to 12 points in the first half, which was impressive. <laughs> to say the least, I, I I think that they have a chance to 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 be just exactly that. I was thinking of them actually when you when you're asked asked me the question about bounce back teams. I, you know they're in the Trailways West, and I I think they have a chance to to contend for that championship. Um, um, you know there's some other good teams in that league, but I, I think that they're you know right there with those teams. I like their junior uh, guard Peyton Moldenhauer. Um, he had 21 against. Um, Portage and, and was just a real cerebral type player. Uh, Jake Roberts is a guy that's been playing varsity basketball for a few years now and gives them a three-point shooting threat and just uh, a good overall uh, player on both ends of the court who makes good decisions with the ball. Um, they had a freshman up uh, that I really was intrigued by, a 6'3 kid by the name of Travis Elvin. He actually came off the bench for Coach Fisher, um, but he did a really nice job in that Portage game. I think he had 10 points. Um, Kind of an inside-outside guy, moves really well. I think he's going to be a guy, you know, that gives them some good minutes this year. Uh, they also have a six-eight uh, senior um, who started Seth Cooper. He he didn't score a ton in that game, um, but anytime you have a six-six-eight kid, um, you know, that can maybe clog things up in the middle and, and alter shots or block shots or grab rebounds, that's always a huge plus. Um, and then Braden Halfley uh, is another, uh, he's a sophomore guard uh, who I was impressed with against uh, Portage, uh, you know, just handled the ball well, made, made pretty good decisions with the ball. And, um, you know, their, their two wins to date have, have been two good wins. Um, you know, Dodgeland, I think, is, is going to have a pretty competitive team in the, in, in the other Trailways division. Um, and, and they play Horicon at home tonight, which uh, – is another pretty good opponent. Uh, C.J. Brooks is a high-scoring player for Horicon, so I I think Randolph will bounce back, and I, I think that's a good call. I think they're they're one that uh, could make some noise not only within the conference but also as the tournament gets underway. The Rockets went 16 and eight last year, finished tied for second in the Trailways. Now they opened with wins over Portage and Cudahy last year, uh, also beat Berlin in the early going. So. Um, Moving in the right direction, anyway, after uh, a few lean years there with Randolph. Uh, Mark, before we uh, let you go, I um, want to ask uh, about some changes that we'll see at the end of the year once the playoffs get started. And uh, we've already talked uh, a couple different times about Waukesha West moving up from Division Two to Division One. Are there any other ch- uh, teams that change divisions, or 
maybe that changed sectionals that are interesting or that will uh, be noteworthy once we get into February and March? Yeah, uh, you know that's a, that's always something that we we watch closely when the when the um, brackets come out. Uh, this year they came out in the middle of May and uh, wrote a story. And um, Waukesha West is probably the biggest one moving from D two to D one. But another another program that moved up a division is East Troy, and and they've they've had success at the D three level, getting the state tournament a couple times. And now they go to D2. Uh, their enrollment is 604, and I think the cutout for D2 is 600. So um, I'm going to get a chance to watch them tonight against McFarland. I think that will be a really good game between probably the two best teams in the Rock Valley. Um, and, um, you know, A.J. Vukovic is a, is a heck of a all-around athlete, one of the best we have in the state in terms of his ability to throw the baseball and, and, and score on the basketball court. I think their move from D3 to D2 um, – you know, it's a tough move for East Troy because the competition's tougher and getting to state will be tougher. But I think they're up for it. I, I think that they have good enough athletes and, and enough of them uh, to really make some noise. They, they gave Martin Luther a really uh, a good run for their money in their season opener last week before falling at the end by a couple points on their home court. Um, you know, usually when you look at this, you're, you're kind of looking for teams that, that make the move the opposite direction. You know, maybe a, a team that had played up last year and, and got moved down. And one of those teams um, is Oosburg uh, over in the Big Big East Conference. They they had played uh, D3 um, last year, and they had a decrease of 15 students. <laughs> so they go down to D4 this year with an enrollment of 305 students. And they really took it to, to uh, Southern Door in their opening game. Um, and I, I think they're a team that's going to make some noise in a, in a very good small school conference. The, the Big East might might be uh, the best small school conference uh, when you talk about D4 and D5 primarily in the state uh, with, with the number of teams in that division that are really solid. Um, and then another team uh, that will be moving uh, down a bit is Edgar, um, and they're in D5 this year, and they play in that tough Merowith South Conference Um and uh, they're they're going to be a team that's going to uh, obviously play a very difficult schedule um, and and get tested uh, as they go into the into the playoffs playing teams like Auburndale and Marathon and uh, Stratford uh, within their own div- division of the Maryland. Uh and then you know those teams are all playing uh, up at D four and then Edgar gets a chance to play at D five and I think uh, uh, Coach Huss is going to have a team that's going to uh, advance you know in D five so I would say that those were those were the ones that kind of popped out at me the most. All right, Mark, it's uh, getting to be that time. We're going to move on for this week's edition of the WSN podcast. But before we do, I want to throw out a stat of the week. And the stat this week is 261. And that is the number of wins that Jerry Pettigrew of Cuba City has more than any other coach in boys basketball history uh, with a season-opening victory over Pecatonica uh, for Cuba City. Coach Pettigrew now has 922 wins in 51 years at the helm. Second place, Bob Letch of uh, Racine St. Catharines uh, recently, 661 wins. So Coach Pettigrew has uh, you know, 10 years or, or more, 15 years worth of uh, victories more <laughs> than anyone else in state history. And, of course, uh, Coach Pettigrew's uh, been a longtime friend of ours, um, very uh, big supporter of uh, Wisports.net since the early going and uh, always great to uh, to talk with Coach and got a chance to chat with him the other day. And 
uh, still still fired up, still going at it, which is uh, awesome to see. And uh, of course, Mark, he, he had uh, planned to retire a few years ago. I think he had announced, um, was it four, 2014 or 15? Initially, it was going to be his yeah. last year. And then here yeah. he is, still going at it. So uh, yeah, still see. going and still going, uh, still going strong, like you mentioned, and has a very good team this year. Um, I think it's his 48th year at Cuba City, which is kind of amazing because you know he's such an icon in our state. And and from your perspective, uh, being the football writer for Wiz Sports, uh, Bob Highland is also in his 48th year and is also um, over at Springs and is also the the all-time leader in wins for football. So those two guys. Uh, they just keep going and they just keep winning and they keep teaching and impacting lives. And um, it's really kind of a neat thing to see because uh, longevity within the high school coaching ranks, as you well know, Travis, isn't what it once was. So to see these two guys uh, continue to do what they've done their entire lives, or at least their entire adult lives, uh, and do it so well is is really, um, really a cool thing for high school sports in Wisconsin. Absolutely, and it's uh, it'll be interesting to see who who coaches longer. I know Coach Highland, um, from what I've been told, has uh, designs, you know, five six more years at least. He's he's thinking, and uh, don't know uh, where Coach Pettigrew is at with with that. But like you said, he's got a very good team this year. It's been impressive and interesting to see how he has kind of changed, you know, coaching strategies over the years. Uh, back when I played against him at Richland Center, what he did was, um, you know, different. Than, than what they're doing now. He's incorporated a lot of the dribble drive offense and certainly kept up with the times as, as much as anybody. So uh, really great to see out of Coach Pettigrew. That will do it, though, for this edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. He's Mark Miller, the boys basketball writer at Wisports.net. You can find all kinds of information from Mark throughout the week on Twitter at WisBBYearbook or online at uh, Wisports.net, of course. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll probably have Norbert Durst on to talk a little girls' hoops and try to get Nate Wolfel on as well to uh, to take a look at some of the wrestling scene that uh, we're expanding into this year. Again, I'm Travis Wilson. He's Mark Miller. This has been the WISports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.